Today I want to talk about languages and Christmas. This time of year, Christmas, we see uh, people shopping. It's sort of a commercial event in many countries of the world. People are buying their Christmas trees. For some reason, Christ or Christmas is associated with Christmas trees, which is sort of a northern, northwest European type of thing, which had nothing to do with Christ, of course, because uh, Christianity began uh, right there on the eastern shores of the Mediterranean. But sometimes people say, why make so much fuss about Christianity, there are other religions in the world. In North America or in Europe, it's perceived as a, as a European thing, which of course it isn't, because Christianity is the most widespread religion in the world. It's on all continents and has the largest number of adherents. There's even 70 million Christians in China. Of the top 10 Christian countries by population, three are in Africa. Two are in Asia, and then, of course, Europe and North America. So it's actually a very widespread religion, but it originated right there in what we now call the Middle East, which is a bit of a misnomer because everywhere can be the Middle East, depending on your perspective, depending on where you're looking at it from. But it did begin in that part of the world. And it's interesting to see what languages were prevalent at that time, some of which are still, you know, in use today. So Christ was a Jew. But the majority of Jews at that time spoke Aramaic in their daily lives. And, you know, uh, Israel or Judea in those days was part of the Roman Empire. And so therefore Pontius Pilate spoke Latin, presumably, and the officials may have spoken Latin, but it was part of the Hellenic world, Greek-speaking world. And of course, the New Testament was written in Greek and the apostles were Greek-speaking Jews predominantly. Uh, although they also presumably, if I wasn't there obviously, but the, the vernacular daily speech, a lot of Aramaic was used. So what is Aramaic? So then again, if you look back in history and having studied my Persian and heard the wonderful history of Iran that uh, Sarah did for us, you go back to the Achaemenid, Hachimanishion, Achaemenid dynasty, when the uh, Persians ruled what is today Iraq, much of the area of the Fertile Crescent, because those people were many of them descendants of the Babylonians and the Assyrians, Aramaic was widely used in Persia. And because when Alexander expanded Macedonian power over much of Western Asia, uh, he spread the Greek language, even to India. There were Buddhist Greek-speaking empires on the Indian subcontinent as a result of uh, Alexander's expansion. But leaving that aside, we have the Seleucid Empire, however that's called. One of uh, the generals who succeeded Alexander conquered a vast area or controlled a vast area of Western Asia, and an area that included much of today's Iran, Iraq, and of course, Israel, Palestine, Jordan, and all of that area. With that, the Greek language became the dominant language in much of what we call the Middle East. We often refer to this period as the Hellenic period. Aramaic was spoken daily by people. Greek was the language of administration. People wrote in Greek. Insofar as Arabic is concerned, we do know that Herod, who was the king of Judea at that time, if I remember correctly, his mother was Nabataean. So when I think of Nabatea, I think of Petra, which my wife and I visited in Jordan. So those were Arabic speakers. What form of Arabic, or was it more like Aramaic? I, I don't know. But eventually, 
the Arabic speakers up there, the Nabataeans, and those in Arabia and those in southern Arabia, there was sort of a blending of all of those languages to produce what we know as Arabic today. But in those days, that was not the language that was spoken. But language and religion and ethnicity are things that help us identify who we are. They're markers of identity. They're things that separate us. There are things that sometimes we fight over. There are also things that can be in flux. Ethnic identity, uh, language, religion can evolve. I mean, there were no Muslims when Christ was alive. There were no Christians before Christ appeared on the scene. So religions change, ethnicity changes. And of course, a lot of the religious dogma can be disputed over, can be the cause of strife and even warfare within a religion, you know, sex within a religion or between religions. However, my view is the good things in religion, the values, the sort of universal values of generosity, humility, charity, respect for others, treating others the way you want others to treat you. All of these good things are universal across all religions. And so while Christmas might be a Christian religious festival or a commercial festival. I think it's also an opportunity to think of all these universal values that uh, help make uh, the world a better place. And so that's what I think of when I think of Christmas. And I think of languages, of course. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.